Welcome to A State of Mind. This is Julian Royce. First, a little housekeeping and some updates on recent episodes. And if you would like to skip ahead to my conversation with Dr. Janelle Kim, that begins right around the seven minute mark. Um, so the video version on YouTube of, the, of our episode with Derek DeMuth, the musician, it featured in full uh, one of his amazing music videos. And it was his version of the song Hotel California. And as we talked about in that episode, you know, this was a very original version. Um, he put it in a different key, with a different tempo. It's just him playing guitar and uh, percussion on his guitar, like he demonstrated for us. Um, but when he put up that music video, it got banned from YouTube for a copyright dispute. But I'm happy to report that the video that is a part of the, you know, podcast episode has made it past the YouTube censors. So you can now go and see the full video there if you want to. So I'm happy about that. And then the most recent episode, which was titled Shadow Sides of Naropa University, um, I just wanted to say I really feel like this uh, just touched on the tip of the iceberg here. And I did hear from several listeners, several of you about it, so thank you for that. I heard from a former faculty member who recently resigned, and he told me that he understood everything I was talking about in the intro. It totally made sense to him, and he uh, appreciated me sharing my thoughts there and talking about this stuff. Um, and it was part of the reason why he resigned. And another uh, person reached out to me, they're a former student at Nairobi University, they're an undergrad there, and they told me the story of going to class and the um, teacher telling them that, quote, your ancestors are responsible for all that's wrong with the world. I mean, wow. <laughs> and then they divided up the classroom between men and women, put them in two groups and proceeded to only teach the women. And the men had to kind of sit outside and like observe or whatever. Um, it's an amazing story. <laughs> One of the more extreme stories I've heard from Naropa, you know, I've heard a lot of stories at this point. And um, again, I may do another episode or more on this topic. I don't, I don't want to spend a ton of time on it today, but just want to, yeah, I mean, it's an amazing story. And I'm sure this is a life experience he will never forget. And uh, also not what he was looking for in his education. I mean, whether you agree with this teacher or not, I think it's unethical to do that and to treat someone that way. And it's certainly non-consensual. And it's not, you know, not what they were wanting in their education. And when you consider the fact that they're paying up to $4,000 for that class and to be told that and treated that way, I mean, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, again, like, as I said before, these issues of race and racism and all the social justice issues, they're so important and they deserve to be talked about and treated, you know, seriously. And, it, you know, in my opinion, like overly simplistic explanations like that, um, you know, shaming people, guilting people, like it's not helpful. It's also not not really true. I think I think having open, honest, vulnerable discussions about these kinds of issues, one in which you're curious about other people and their experience, ones in which everyone's treated with dignity and respect and understanding, you know, one where you look at relevant history and reading materials and you can bring them in, you know, all that would be appropriate in a college classroom. Whew. So, I mean, in thinking about this, particular story, for example, how does this teacher even know who his ancestors are without asking him? You know, as I shared in the last episode, I had family members who were killed, you know, tragically in the Holocaust. It was terrible. Um, but you would never know that without me sharing that with you, without talking with me, about, without me talking to you about it. And then obviously a, st a statement like that is, is a massive overgeneralization, oversimplification. It's one thing to recognize and discuss histories of racism and colonialism, but presumably this teacher is referring to, you know, Western Europe. If we look at the history of Western Europe, it's very complex and multifaceted. And, you know, for example, suppose the student had ancestors who were Irish. Do we want to talk about the English oppressing the Irish in the past? Or do we want to wind the clock back even further when the, the Roman Empire came in and brutally suppressed the Celtic people and the Druids and all that? Maybe those are some of his ancestors. Or do we want to look at the, you know, the God of the Old Testament who basically told the tribes of ancient Israel to commit genocide? I mean, this horrible stuff, you know, Genghis Khan, etc., etc. You could just go on and on. I mean, as the ongoing, right now, in today's world, the genocide of the Tibetan and the Uyghur people being carried out by the Chinese government, is that the fault of the student's ancestors? I mean, it's, it's absurd. It's ridiculous. So I really, I just can't believe that this kind of thing would be said and then said in an atmosphere in which uh, debate and discussion um, is discouraged or not allowed or felt like it's not okay. And then the other thing I was thinking about, um, and it's something I've reflected on a lot, you know, if there's one thing I've learned in studying history, and it's true not just of nations and, and uh, 
you know, cultures, but also of, of individuals and of uh, families and of smaller communities. It's that these cycles of oppression and violence and trauma, they never end through seeking revenge and vengeance. Instead, they stop through stopping. You know, the only thing that stops these cycles is, is just stopping, like put, put down the arms, stop the fight, stop carrying out violence. Um, you know, two wrongs don't make a right, as the old saying goes, and uh, there's actually a lot to that. So I'm going to take a deep breath. <laughs> I'm going to leave all this here. I may or may not come back to this particular topic in future podcast episodes. It has been suggested to me to do a whole series around this issue of Nairobi University, but I don't know if I will. Whew. So now I want to transition to today's episode, which uh, was a great one. I had a great conversation. It's not directly about these topics, but it's not totally unrelated either. Today I'm speaking with Dr. Janelle Kim. And she's the author of a new book called Myung Sung, The Korean Art of Living Meditation. And I apologize if I'm not pronouncing that correctly. Um, this is a really charming, beautiful book with a lot of wisdom and personal stories and stories from her family. Um, Dr. Kim is a fully trained Korean medical doctor. And she comes from a family lineage of such doctors. In fact, she's the ninth generation in her family to practice Korean medicine. In our conversation, she shares with us about the three M's of meditation, movement, and medicine, and how they are all interconnected and all essential pillars of our health and well-being. Uh, we mostly talk about meditation, and that's the, the main subject of her, her book that's coming out. So keep your eyes out for that book. Check out the links in the show notes below. As always, please support this podcast. Um, we have a Patreon account. Thank you so much for listening. And without further ado, I bring you Dr. Janelle Kim. today with Dr. Janelle Kim. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I'm so happy to be here, Julian. Thank you for having me. Yeah, this is great. I'm glad we connected. And I've been reading your book. And tell me if I'm mispronouncing this, but Myung Sung, The Korean Art of Living Meditation. It sounds good to me. I, w I would say Myung Sung, but that was pretty pretty accurate, you know? Myung Sung, okay. Life, the more, more times I hear the different... <laughs> <laughs> but yes, it's Myung Sung, the Korean art of living meditation, which is pretty key there, the living meditation part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I want to talk more about that with you. Um, do you just want to take a moment and introduce yourself and share about your background a bit? Absolutely. So my name is Dr. Janelle Kim, my background. So I will often say, which is the absolute truth, that I pretty much walked into this world, you know, came into this world um, in some way, shape, or form doing exactly what I'm doing right now. It doesn't mean I knew it from the start. I was in my early adulthood when I realized that I wanted to devote my life. I committed myself to really sharing all that has been passed down through my lineage. So I come from a lineage um, of what I say, masters, doctors, you know, scholars, if you will, who have, who have dedicated their lives to understanding the human condition, to understanding nature around us, how everything kind of comes together and have passed that on for centuries, really. I'm ninth generation. Um, so I'm a generation herbologist and doctor. And so that's so amazing. Yeah. Thank you, Jillian. I, it means a lot to me as well, you know, and being able to share that means so much. Um, so I have really focused the first, the last 20 years, let's say, which can't even believe I can say that <laughs> for the last 20 years, I've really focused on the medicine aspect. I, I call it the three M's that I really wish to share with the world, which is medicine, movement and meditation, which is basically the philosophy part that we'll talk about today. Mm. So I've really spent most of my adult life thus far focusing on the medicine aspect. So I have a manufacturing lab here in the United States and in Europe, where we manufacture everything from skincare to dietary supplements, nutraceuticals, muscle and joint formulas. And it's all based on the herbal medicine that's been passed down in my lineage. And so it's, I'm really excited that now, you know, I've been working on this book for Honestly, I'd say about 10 years with my mentor, right? Um, but really focused the last five years and especially the last two years where I'm so grateful to have found my publisher, Watkins, Penguin Random House. And so I'm really happy to be sharing this aspect of the three M's or the three pillars. Well, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Congratulations on your book. And um, I, think it's, I think it's wonderful. 
I just, I guess I wanted to highlight like that fact that you're ninth generation. Uh, yeah. Would it be accurate to say Korean medicine, like traditional? Yeah, I would say so. Yes, okay. And um, I mean, I'm someone who, you know, I have a master's in religious studies as well as in psychology. And so I've studied like religion and like different cultures have always fascinated me. And yes, there's this big, you know, kind of thing that we all hear East versus West, maybe right. versus isn't the right, but East and West. And I think, you know, there's truth to that. We can generalize. I think for a lot of people, it's in some ways more accurate to talk about contemporary or modern life versus pre-modern life. I love that. You know, I mean, in Europe too, like if we went back a hundred, 200 years, there would be families that would be physicians, for example, or, you know, shoemakers, whatever it is, like the traits yeah. would be passed on through the family. And now it's, it just feels so rare to meet someone who knows what their great, at least in this country, America, mm-hmm. great grandfather was doing, let alone great, great grandfather, let alone nine, you know, nine generations. So I just appreciate that. And I think it's um, something that we've lost touch with many of us, our, our ancestry, our, you know, what our, our, you know, ancestors were doing. Absolutely, Julian. I love, I mean, that's so beautifully put and something so important to me that I don't always talk about. It's not always the topic that comes up. And I love actually that you started there. Um, The East-West part that you started with, I think maybe it was an accident that you said East versus West. Um, Not to say that that's such a, I certainly have not looked at that my time here on earth, you know, but something that maybe not everyone knows about me. I should have shared in the beginning is that I am East, literally a walking example of East and West. I say that because my father was Korean, my mother's American. So right there, even to this day, I don't think that's very common. I'll go out and just probably, uh, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm incorrect in saying that's still right. It's still kind of an interesting thing for um, an Asian Korean man to marry, you know, my blonde haired, brown eyed, beautiful American mom. And so I, I believe that that happened for a reason, you know, and it is very much like you said, whether it's East, West, why can't we pretty much everything I ever talk about what I feel very passionate about is why can't we all look at the fact that it all comes from a certain root, right? And if you look at it that way, why can't we look even medicine is a great one that I get asked all the time. We certainly don't have to stick to the details, but the understanding Eastern medicine versus Western medicine, right? That word a lot. And I think people often, even when it comes to that part of my world, our world, uh, people will be surprised to hear that I'm actually for both. You know, there's yeah. so many, so many amazing things about Eastern medicine, Eastern philosophy, so many amazing things about Western medicine, philosophy. And I love how you put it, the ancient and the modern, right? So no matter how you look at it, why can't we take everything that is out there, maybe not everything, but be aware of everything and then make that understanding, make that that choice for ourselves, because why wouldn't we utilize the incredible advancements, for example, of Western medicine, their medicine, their technology, what they've come to find. Same with philosophy, you know. And why can't we combine that and know when to use one and when to use another? And so, I love that you yeah. start that way. That's what it's all about, as far as I'm concerned. And you don't hear it very often, yeah. especially in <laughs> culture, right? So. Yeah. Yeah, and that I, I like it's um, instead of the word versus, we could say I like saying both and. Yes. Um, a lot of times when I work with a client, like in in psychotherapy, it's there's some issue, and it's you know this thing over here versus this thing, and which way do I go? And it's often that that both and. Like yes. It could be, for example, I really love and appreciate this person, and you know I'm not ready to be in this kind of relationship right now. Like so, it's a both and rather than a. Uh, this, you know, but I think our, our minds tend to divide things up and like put one thing against the other. And, and I couldn't agree more, Julian. And actually, I think that if you were to ask me at this moment what the book is about, what the formulas are about, what the movement is about, it's literally about that. I mean, to me, everything came from the Tao or the universe, mm. right? <laughs> That's one way of looking at it. And from the Tao or the universe came the yin yang. Right. And so that's a dichotomy in and of itself. You have yin and you have yang. And right. so I wonder if um, if you see the same, but I think it's just kind of the way of humanity that naturally our brains want to find that black and that white. And sometimes life is that way, as far as I'm concerned. There are things that are black and white, but I, I love kind of going back to that root of that, even that symbol. There's a reason behind that yin yang symbol, which nowadays I feel like most people know what that is around the world, <laughs> you know, to some extent. And if you yeah. really look at that symbol, which I actually speak on, speak about in the book, in Young Sung, you look at it, it almost looks like a fish. That's one way of describing it. <laughs> that black and that white, you know, that the yin and the yang, 
which represent the dichotomies of everything in the world are together and they're always changing and always transforming. And that's the difference. So black and white exists, you know, one thing or another, that dichotomy of, of the universe, of everything, but they're always together. And how do you balance that? And I, I, that's what I hear when you're saying that. And I think that's beautiful, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Um, yeah, I think the yeah, yin-yang symbols obviously become so well-known and that speaks to this idea of balance, which is one way that we could define health, right? Yeah, very much balance. health, our way of life. I mean, like I said, I think that if I really had to describe what myung-sung is, myung-sung, the Korean art of living meditation, it is all about balance. But I also feel like we say that word a lot. And so I love to sometimes take a moment, you know, balance, balance, everything's bad. But what do we even mean? <laughs> Let's stop for a second think about that. What does that mean to me? How do I apply that to my life? You know, that's one thing I'm grateful to my mentor. He spent a lot and my father, my father is my mentor, you know, and you'll see that in the book. Mm -hmm. Sometimes in my mind, of course, it comes to both my father and my mentor, my teacher as well, you know, as has been passed on my lineage. But, but one of the most important things is, you know, these, these principles that have existed for, you know, we say ninth generation, because it's nice to have you know, some kind of time frame. But the truth is, Julian, these principles go back who knows how long. Really? You know what I mean? And it's, and it's the one thing I'm grateful for and what my wish is to make them applicable, right? So we have all these incredible philosophies and principles from all different cultures and, and times. But sometimes I have found and I've seen, whether it's through patients or clients or speaking around the world, that sometimes it's hard for people to apply them. You know, it sounds great. You hear some of the awesome thought leaders who constantly inspire me but you hear them and it sounds wonderful but then when you step away from that podcast you step away from that event mm. you know you step away from that post how do you actually apply it to your daily life and that's what i really wish to do you know to empower yeah. ourselves to do that yeah that's so that's so important i think we don't have to spend a lot of time on this point but it's that quality of all these things coming together like it makes me think yes. of like uh, integrating and yes there was, this, there was this movement called the integral movement what was trying to do that and but, you know, regardless of any specific movement or person, and even though we often look at the world and see things as all the conflicts and all the problems and East versus West or this versus that, um, at the same time, sometimes it almost seems to me like underneath the surface, all these ideas are coming together and all these things are happening and people are making all these connections. And like the yin yang symbol, for example, like that's everywhere. Or the image of the Buddha, that's everywhere. Or yes. Western medicine, that's basically everywhere. I mean, to some degree or another, all these technologies and cultures, we are all having, you know, we're in the middle of it. And Absolutely. maybe to have that perspective that in the bigger point of view, like things are coming together and we are drawing on all these sources of wisdom now. So I, like when I think about it like that, I feel really hopeful. I, you're literally taking thoughts and words out of my mind. <laughs> I feel exactly the same. You know, that's my experience as well, which is one of the reasons I feel so moved to be able to share this perspective, if you will. You know, mm -hmm. um, I really feel that too, Julian, and, and I'm so happy to hear you. And I hear a lot of people speak that way, that, you know, like we kind of mentioned before, life naturally often will want to divide to some extent. I think just our realities will do that. Yeah. Whatever reason, I'm not trying to figure that all out, <laughs> you know, but if we, at least not right now, but if we all can kind of at least take a moment to realize that everything really can come to the same root, you know, no matter who we are, what race, gender, you know, our ethnicity, nationality, no matter now or thousands of years ago, hundreds of years ago, we're all human, you know, and why, why can't we sometimes just stop and remember that versus all of our differences. And, and to some that might seem super idealistic, but why can't we, is it, you know, if we all have a moment to do that, would we treat each other that much more kindly? Would we be that much more aware, you know? So, yeah. And it does. Yeah. Like, yeah just getting reminded of that, you know? Oh yeah. It's a reminder. And then carry that forth even for a moment or two makes, it does make a difference. Um, and then, I mean, as a, I think a great example of what we're talking about is something like meditation and mindfulness and how it really was not very long ago at all that, you know, mainstream scientists and, uh, you know, so-called serious people would kind of look down or look askance at that perhaps. It wasn't, you know, so it wasn't 30 years ago, it wasn't really being studied, but now it's like there's thousands and thousands of studies on mindfulness and meditation. And now it's getting to the point that I'm really excited about. They're not just studying 
quote-unquote meditation, there's, we're starting to do studies on specific types of meditation for specific right. types of people and issues and environments. And so I think that um, that's just, I think that's a huge change that's happening in our world, that we can work with our mind in certain ways or work with our mind and body. And yeah, if you want to speak to that, because in your book, you're speaking about a, a new, to me, as a new kind of meditation. Right, you know? right, absolutely. Um, yes, well said, right? 30 years ago, we'd be, I don't know how people would even take this right. <laughs> conversation right now, right? Julian, let's be honest, you know, and now it's like the hottest thing. And I'm so grateful that it's the hottest thing, you know? Um, and you're right. So it's very purposeful that I call it living meditation. You know, in fact, that is what I originally, in my mind, no matter what, before I even was able to, you know, come together with my amazing publisher, that was that was kind of the, the book title, it was living meditation, some way, shape or form. And then they were brilliant enough to incorporate Myung Sung, which for all who do not know, it's, it's translated as meditation. So that's what Myung Sung is. There's different translations, of course, in Asian characters, but it's translated as meditation. And so living meditation is important to me. And kind of, we've summed up the main, the main points, which certainly we're, we'll dive into a little bit more, but living meditation, I heard you say it a couple minutes ago. Why can't we take these this principle, this understanding, balance, this understanding of togetherness, root, you know, all of these principles, if you will. And when I say principle, what I mean by that, one way of explaining it would be like a universal truth. So no matter who we are, no matter where we are, no matter where we come from, they're kind of truths in the universe that just won't change, you know, and that's not always easy to come by, but I think it's important to remember because it kind of helps us mm, decipher what is truly important and what is detail. Right. Mm. And so when you kind of look at that picture, now I'll move forward, living meditation. So there are so many different kinds of meditations. And I agree with you, just like medicine, we have so many options. Mm. How amazing, you know, but it's good to know how to use them. Another thing that I think of and why I came to living meditation is this is my question. And like I kind of said before, I see so many amazing people out there, so many, and I truly respect our thought leaders, our teachers out there. And I see them passing incredible practices and, and, and ways of thinking and mindfulness and mindset. But then it hit me. I wonder how often, and this is what it has meant most to me, what has been passed down for centuries, is why do we have to wait, if you will, to sit down for meditation, right? Whether that's 15 minutes, whether that's hours, whether that's days for some, you know, why do we have to sit down for that moment to become aware, to quiet our mind, to basically reflect, check ourselves, if you will, and then rebalance our mind, body, that connection, all of the above. Why can't that be part of our everyday life? Because there are ways to do that. And the habits that we do, changing our perspective, realizing that no matter what reality we, we are in, no matter what happens around us, we truly can make choices and we truly are in charge of our own life. And that's where living meditation comes from. Instead of waiting for the moments that we sit, which I'm certainly a huge proponent of, any kind of practice or meditation, start to apply those very things to every moment of your life. And it sounds almost, it can almost sound daunting or it can sound wonderful, <laughs> depending on how you feel about it in the moment. But basically, it's just constantly checking yourself, being aware. I almost say it's like tidying up on the inside, right? Mm. So if we were to walk into a room and it was completely disorganized and dirty everywhere, whether you choose to clean it or not, most people would agree this room is a little disorganized, making a little dirty, you know, no matter whether, yeah. whether they wanted to admit it or not, most people would agree. But how often do we do that inside? right? And so it's not that we become perfect. There's no such thing as far as I'm concerned, but it's constantly watching ourselves, putting ourselves in other people's shoes, you know, really getting to know who we are and what's important and grounding ourselves in that. So yeah, long, very short. <laughs> that's, that's beautiful. I think it's such an important message. And um, I, I think the way you, you're speaking to it comes out, you know, it strikes me a little bit differently for some reason, which is, which is good, but that we can apply these things in every moment. And like I've heard that or some version of that so many times and yet it's true. Like like when I sit and meditate, you know, it's like, okay, that's what I'm doing. And then it's sometimes in myself, like it almost feels like, like something is like, am I allowed to be mindful right now? <laughs> like if everyone else around me doesn't seem like they are. And of course, like I, I feel silly saying that, but there's something about it that, you know, it's like, um, it's a muscle and it's, it's good to keep coming back to it. And it's, it's also good not to try to always be doing something. I feel like to right. have that balance because 
I think ultimately mindfulness should become like a natural flow, like our natural state. We talk about in the Buddhist tradition a lot. Yes. Um, and so we kind of keep, at least in my experience, you kind of keep aiming at that and you kind of keep missing it and you kind of keep coming back and yes. going in and out. And uh, maybe one day it will be this continuous thing. Absolutely. Isn't that yeah. to me, isn't that enlightenment or awakening? Right. You know, these are the words that we, I think many of us will, uh, whatever degree, strive for. And again, it's that striving, it's that action, which, okay, I think we can all come to agree that that might be part of it, but I agree with you. Uh, and you said it exactly. That's, that's what it's about as far as I'm concerned and how it's been passed down is that it is a constant cycle. And that's why the word that I find resonates with people is it becomes almost like a habit, a habit to start doing this. That's why the book is even broken down into eight keys. You know, they're not even called chapters, keys, just because that sounded like it kind of unlocks certain doors to our, nice. our freedom, our life, who we are, you know, it doesn't change the fact that, you know what, sometimes life is really challenging and I'm happy to, to stand here with everyone and, and admit that, you know, the truth, one really kind of, um, how can I say tangible, if you will, very realistic, you know, moment that it hit me, this understanding of living meditation is, you know, I'm a mom, I run multiple businesses, you know, yeah. uh, I have two young children. I'm very close to my family, <laughs> you know, um, the last couple of years or throughout my whole life, there's always been ups and downs. And that's where, that's where it really hit me so much exactly when I'm not sure, you know, definitely in the last, my son, my oldest son is now eight years old. And I started thinking about these things at, those, at that time, you know, because it can be really difficult. And for example, I found, you know, it doesn't seem productive to me or it doesn't seem correct, if you will, that sitting down to meditate now has become a stressful thing, <laughs> Do you know? <laughs> And, and I find that so often, and I think it's natural because we care. So we want to be able to do these things. And certainly, like I said, I think it's very important to find time to do these things, even if it's 15 minutes. For me, that's a very big reality in my life. You know, at this yeah. point in my life, sometimes I only have 15 minutes, you yeah. know, and sometimes I even have to break that up. <laughs> but knowing that I can have control over taking those moments and what's important to me in a different manner, you know, not when you sit down to meditate whatever practice you follow, there's certain pr protocols, if you will, you know, I think that's a way that we can yeah. kind of put it in our mind, but you're right. It kind of is that natural flow, no matter which way, how do you resonate? How do you connect? How do you calm yourself? How do you become aware? And so, yes, being able to bring that into your daily life as a business owner, as a wife, as a daughter, as a friend, especially as a parent, you know, how can we utilize what we are achieving sitting down through every situation in our life. And that's exactly, exactly what I wish to it's beautiful. practice and share to the best of my ability. <laughs> yeah. So you think about too, like, like being mindful in the moment in your life, like as a, mm -hmm. as a parent with your business, like these are all different situations and yes. the, the kind of underlying qualities of mindfulness, you know, we can talk about as being the same that we're trying to open up to, but the reality is different situations ask for demand different responses and Absolutely. one of the things i noticed in your book was like that mindfulness as a way to make the right choice to make good choices and you talk about that like planting good seeds like doing the right thing it sounds you know kind of like what we all hear as a kid and then we kind of maybe forget about it or whatever but yes um, i think that's an important point that is sometimes lost in when people talk about mindfulness like actually like how do we make good choices like and then I guess, I mean, the other part of my question is just this idea of like non-duality, like ultimately, right. like with the yin-yang symbol, ultimately, you know, good and bad, maybe are human constructs or they're relative or they're, you know, not ultimately true perhaps. Um, but I think that can be tricky. It can be tricky for people to, if they, if they tune into that kind of understanding and just being okay with everything, um, it can actually make it more difficult to make the, the right choice in that moment for you, you know, in that situation, in that particular set of circumstances. Like, do you want to speak to that a little bit? Absolutely. So that's exactly correct. First, let's just start with, I think that by nature, our minds, our brains, <laughs> maybe I'll use the word brain, you know, wants to find solutions and answers. You know, that's just part of life. I think that's fine. I don't even have a good comment or a judgment on that. But by doing so, we want to have, we want to memorize things, right? And that's, you, you mentioned before, I also um, grew up, you know, that's a whole other conversation of, you know, spirituality and religion, how it played in my life. Um, I feel very close to all. That can be another podcast. But, but certainly in the Buddhist manner, as you said, 
it's more of a, how can I say, like a connection to and an openness and an aware, being aware, right? Mm-hmm. And so right. I didn't want to get off, I don't want to get off tangent. Julian, what is that? Ask me the exact question because I don't want to go too far <laughs> off of what you I guess just my, brought up. It's, it's kind of a, oh. a challenging question perhaps, but just that. Right Use your, if, um, yes. Yeah, can you hear me? Yes, now I can. The okay. delay for a second, so I also wanted to make sure I heard you. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Um, just that. Um, it's the changing of perspective, the true right. Yeah. And I guess, I, I guess, I guess the question could be if you have, if you're influenced by ideas like non-duality and right. um, being beyond good and evil, so to speak, or um, that we could be open up to this pure awareness in any moment. Right. And that right. in some sense in the path of meditation, we can tune into this idea that can then become an experience that all experiences are equal and just in being experiences, right. That we're, Yes. A sense of equality and um, that mindfulness can cultivate and, you know, it can be a big part of the path of meditation. But then the question of like, how do you know what to do? How do you make choices? And I yes. think okay. people, I like sure. in my own, yeah, in my own life and in people I work with, that's often challenging. And I, I wonder sometimes if getting really into meditation can almost make that more challenging because I think in the past, like the people that were serious meditators, so to speak, they weren't running two businesses and raising two kids and flying all around the world. And, Yes. Appearing on podcasts. <laughs> yeah. You want to speak to that? Yes, absolutely. Okay. I appreciate that. That's the part I wanted to catch. So as I was speaking on, sometimes we look to kind of memorize different like solutions to things. If this happens, I want to act like this from now on. Or today, I'm not going to do this anymore. Or from now on, my favorite, I'm not going to be like this anymore. Well, sometimes when I hear that, you know, again, I hope, hopefully it doesn't come off too, <laughs> too direct, but good luck. You know, that's, uh, if we could all do that, we'd all be <laughs> exactly what we want to be all the time. We set ourselves up and it can be very challenging to do that. Uh, we set a certain expectation that we have to start to remember, if I may, that it takes habits to get there. You know, and if we keep setting ourselves up from now on, I'm not going to get angry anymore at this. Well, your whole life, you maybe you've created this habit. So now look at it that now I have to uncreate this habit or create a different or a better habit, you know? And so I guess one of the points, and it is key to, it's called the true right and correct method. And I think that speaks exactly to what you're, you're talking about. And I think one of the most important things to think of is every single situation is different. You know, that's the truth. Even with the same people, the situation can be so different, you know? And so if we look at every situation and take one moment literally, and no one even has to know about it, to take a breath. And what I love to say is zoom out, (laughs) just zoom out for a second, change your perspective. If you change your perspective, you can literally change your life. And what I mean by that, and what I call the true, right, and correct method means true means and is defined as what is true to you in a given situation. This is where I find, you know, in this day and age, I see a lot of this. I think most of us could agree that a lot of it comes from, this is what I think. It's always I, 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 this is what I think. This is how I feel. And certainly that's important, you know, to take into consideration. But then if you have that true, plus, if you will, the right, and then the book, it'll, it'll, you'll literally visually able, be able to see it this way. The right is defined as what's, what's right for everybody involved. So now you've looked at yourself in the true and you look at everyone else around you in the right. Maybe that's one person. Maybe that's a whole community. Maybe that's literally you with nature, you know, whatever that might be. Look at now change your perspective, zoom out for a second. Where are they standing? And now if you kind of take both of those things into consideration, you arrive at the correct choice or the correct decision. Mm-hmm. And so it can seem, uh, you know, my hope is that that does give, give all of us as human beings with brains, you know, some kind of a linear equation, because I know people yeah. really like that by nature, you know, there's an answer. But the funny thing is, in that answer comes, you know, infinite possibilities. But if we know that we have the choice, and we have the power to look at the situation, have more clear vision of ourself, this is what I like, okay, fine. You know, I really like steak at a restaurant. Julian, and you and I go out to lunch together, right? And I tell you, the steak is the very best. You have to get the steak, you know? And you say, okay, well, that sounds great, but I don't even eat meat, <laughs> right? I really would prefer to have this vegetable dish. You know, that's, it sounds funny, but that's a lot of times how life works. Well, it probably would be correct for me to zoom out for a second and realize, even though I love steak, doesn't necessarily mean you're going to love steak. And I should consider that, you know, in this, in this moment in time together, it just helps you to see things differently. And again, you're totally correct. 
in the business world, I run uh, my manufacturing labs with my husband. We very much practice this together in business and in life. We very much practice this with our team. This happens so often in relationships with family, something I've seen particularly in the last year and a half that we've all walked through. You know, you hear that a lot. I'm sure you too, Julian. A lot of different tensions that can arise in family, you know, just stopping for a second and realizing, you know, there might be another perspective than mine, you know, and maybe it's worth it just to hear. Doesn't mean you have to absorb it all, but just hear for a second, especially when it comes to family. Yeah. And then you arrive at your decision, what you're going to do. I like that. It's helpful. Thank you. Yes. True, <laughs> right, and correct. And then, I mean, part of what you're speaking to there with the right is taking other people's points of view, looking at the bigger picture. Right. It's not all just about you and your truth, which I think could be a shadow side of some of the self-help, you know, spiritual yeah. scene. Very much so. You always, I feel like by doing so, kind of at the core of it all, you you connect to something greater than yourself, which is what I think is whatever that means to, to, to someone, you know? I think that to me very much is a strength that I'm constantly rooted in, you know? So... That's another aspect that I don't always share, but certainly with you, I feel. Yeah, really that's beautiful. Yes. Well, I mean, on that note, connecting to something bigger than yourself, like you kind of used the word universe earlier or the Tao. Yeah. Yes. Do you want to speak to that a little bit? Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Maybe the best way is to speak in my, my experience, you know, um, yeah. We don't always turn there, but I think it's probably a good place to start, you know. Um, I feel very deeply that, you know, there's so many ups and downs that we can walk through in this life. And one thing I have found personally, and I've certainly seen in others, but speaking on my experience, if if I did not have a route to something greater than me, you know what, quite frankly, life would just be very, almost too challenging at times. You know, it becomes hard almost. And so, but to know for myself the way I can explain it, to know that I'm connected to something so much greater, a higher power, if you will, God, if you will, whatever that means, the universe, the Tao, you know, whatever that means, something greater than you, to get to, to know that you are connected in such a way to everything that came before you, everything that is going to come ahead of you. It just gives you, a, a, once again, a different perspective on things. You know, um, I will often say, for myself, knowing even the connection to my lineage, which I speak on that, but quite frankly, every single one of us has that connection to all of those who came before us. The reason why we stand here today, whether that's spiritual or whether that's scientific, you know, we came from, yes, from people before us. And so we're connected in some way, shape or form. And everything that we do right now in some way, shape or form is going to make a difference for the future. You know, um, in fact, that's one of the keys also, you know, leaving behind a good legacy, leaving behind good seeds. You know, one day when we don't exist on this world, again, regardless of your beliefs, what what have you left here? And it doesn't have to be something. My point is not you have to, you know, change the world, you know, in some grand scale, but maybe just being a kind person, maybe being a really great son, a great daughter, maybe being a good parent or just being a kind person who who's, you know, does good things that's all going to leave a kind of wavelength uh kind of energy totally. yeah. behind so yes I you speak to that you know and I, th I feel like there's nothing you just said that's that's not scientific in a sense like we are you know we literally are connected with these bigger systems and Absolutely. and then to bring in the past and future you know like so influenced by the past all the something that i've, I've done sometimes that can be really powerful is to just like look around the world and feel gratitude for all the work that went into the world that we have. Like I'm talking yeah. to you on a computer through the internet. Like I didn't build those things myself. Like right. I'm going to open up my fridge and get food that, you know, came from somewhere else. And someone, a lot of people worked really hard to make all that happen. And um, it's for some weird reason, easy to lose touch with that and feel like we're this isolated individual floating in the cosmos and like nothing matters and kind of take everything for granted. And we forget about, the thousands of years of actual like history, like people literally dying to create the yeah. world that we have. Like, I think that's a powerful perspective that can help kind of be an antidote to some of our modern suffering of feelings of alienation and meaninglessness. Especially if I may say in the past year and a half, uh, again, I, uh, mm -hmm. given your practice and what you do in your life, Julian, based on my understanding, which I think is amazing. Certainly I've seen it too. Uh, never before have I seen so many people step forward in some way, shape or form 
you know, expressing that, you know, they can be the kindest people, people who do great things, but especially after this last year and a half where things truly were isolated, it's hard for people to, I'm, I'm watching, it's hard to reconnect, you know, and that's where I really, one of the reasons I really kind of put the gas on accelerated and really wish to have this, you know, book come out, this, these principles come out, um, hopefully to give some kind of health help, uh, and positivity toward that. But that connection is what I'm basically saying, Julian, absolutely. Because if you keep looking for it outside, it's very difficult. It's a difficult road because now everything depends on what's happening to you. Right. And so you're, you've lost complete control or empowerment over, over yourself, you know, and that's hard to get, get by looking outwards, you know, because it's never going to be solid. But if we can even remember, which sure might seem much easier said than done when you, when I first say this, but you have everything, all the power has to come from within. And, and again, I think that any ancient philosophies, principles, East, West, it makes no difference It all. is kind of, you really look closely and, and, and move away the detail. It all comes from that. It all comes from within. And then what you're going to do with that, how are you going to let something affect you? Um, in fact, one of my favorite visualizations I actually made that the eighth chapter eight key of, of the book is be like bamboo right <laughs> which is like we have to be flexible in this life but we have to be rooted you know there's that there's the saying go with the flow which I use often actually but I actually think it goes one step deeper <laughs> you it's good to go with the flow because that is literally life and if you can't do that that's why I say bamboo you have to be flexible because if you're too hard too stiff which I feel like is a very common in our modern world you know to really just stand by something and not budge you can break just like a stiff board you know but if you're flexible you can kind of go with the storms and the winds but also important is that you have to be rooted you have to be rooted in something right yeah. so yeah that's a beautiful metaphor it anchors us <laughs> yeah <laughs> well um in terms yeah. of your i love your three m's so meditation medicine and movement yes or maybe do you want to speak to that i mean this interconnection and it just made me think about obviously like in Buddhism, we talk about body, speech, and mind, which is really yeah. body energy or body and like our, I guess the word energy, I don't really like that word, but <laughs> that, you yeah. know, it could be emotions could be in there too, right? That, right. And how, how interconnected all these things are. Oh, very much so. And so certainly you can kind of take a, a zoom out a second, my favorite thing. And that's where the medicine movement meditation comes from. So medicine is certainly, you know, particularly I can speak a, a little more, tangible or we can all visualize together to me medicine can be very specific it's herbal medicine that's been passed out of my lineage that is a huge part of my life in the manufacturing labs for example you know one of the reasons i committed myself to sharing these formulas because i know how much they change our life it's a part of our life so these three m's to me basically if we're able to incorporate those let's say into our daily life in some kind of practice or awareness that's how we can have happiness longevity all of the above. So when it comes to medicine, for example, the herbal formulas that you know I, I hope to share with the world and as many as possible, they help to rebalance our, our condition, physical and mental, to be honest, right? So that aspect is helping us to rebalance our condition. Then we have movement, which is a huge part of living a very healthy lifestyle, right? Movement, when I say that, I literally mean movement, you know, whether that our yoga practice, I study traditional martial arts, you know, which could could equal qigong, tai chi. You know, um, it could be weightlifting. You know, I, I'm a firm, um, I'm a strong proponent, if you will, of you know, I enjoy doing all these things too. You know, physical activity, especially in my 20s. But I do think that's important to to incorporate some kind of practice that that strengthens our internal condition as well, not just our physical strength. It's great to look good, and I know it's, it can be important, but I, I think that's an important piece of that movement, that building internal and external strength, meaning in improving our organ systems even, you know, our circulation and different movements that we do. So that's the movement aspect, because basically it moves our, as you said, energy, I'll call it chi, mm-hmm. you know, flow is so important in, in the world and our life around us. Things constantly have to be flowing, right? And that is the that's the secret. A lot of times in the medicine aspect of my life, people ask me, you know, Dr. Kim, what's the, what's the secret of youth? You know, what's the secret of health? Hmm. And I truly can almost break it down to, you have to nourish your body. You have to have enough inside, supplement yourself and everything has to flow. 
<laughs> you know, and you have to be able, there's three topics. Again, there's that three, right? Like you talked about Buddhism, you know, head, middle, stomach, you know, yeah. sky, earth, human, everything can kind of be those three, hence the three pillars, right? But um, it's very important to be able to, not to go too far off, but it's very important to be able to balance those things, right? So, so now we have our medicine aspect, balances our whole condition, movement, which helps to, like I said, nourish the body as well, but also have that free flow chi, um, which can be applied even to our life. And then finally, meditation. Finally, certainly not <laughs> for last. Um, and full, like I said, meditation to me is more of a philosophy and a lifestyle. But because it is living meditation, I thought, you know, that's just beautiful. And it makes so much sense because what is meditation? You know, Julian, why do you, you are, you are, meditation is such a big part of your life. And I certainly don't mean to turn the tables and surprise you, but, but why do you, why do you practice meditation? Why is it important to you? That's a, no, that's a good question. Yeah. I mean, I get asked this too, and I think it's yeah. different all the time, you know, but. Um, yeah, I think there's, there, you know, different ways I could, I could answer it or think about it. But um, one way I, you could look at it for, like from the point of view of psychology is like regulation, like finding this uh, sense of balance and regulation within ourself to be able to do that on your own and then be able to connect more deeply with other people, hopefully, as a result yeah. of that. Um I think there's other reasons too, like to have insight into the nature of mind, to have you know insight into the how things are, to see things more clearly, um, to like develop concentration, you know, like things like that. Um, but like for me now in my life, it's often it's just it's become quite habitual for better or worse, and so it just feels like part of who yes. I am and part of what I do. Um, but yeah, I think I knew that it's, like, it's, like a, it's a kind of it's like a little ritual, like having a little ritual that you do that when through repetition, like it, it, that sense of grounding, it helps me feel grounded and reminds me who I am, like what I'm doing, sense of purpose, that kind of yes. thing. Yeah. Oh, beautifully put. Like I said, I, I knew there was a reason I wanted to ask you that. <laughs> and so when you look at that, that is your way to express and communicate what meditation means to you. And that's, that's what it means to me too, you know? And so we, even when we talk of meditation, that's what I kind of mentioned a little bit ago, these words that we say, these practices that we do to even stop for a second, like we just did and really think about this is what it means to me, you know, right there. I feel like it puts that much more purpose, intention, habit, practice into exactly why we're even doing it. And that's why I chose to call the third the three M's meditation. Of course, it worked out beautifully because it's living meditation. <laughs> I can, you know, kind of sum it all up because it was hard for people to understand. How can, I'll be real transparent. People were asking, well, how can Dr. Kim do medicine, movement, and philosophy? It seems like a lot. And I got that. You're right. That, that does seem like a lot. You know, I can take myself out and look at it for a second, but it hit me and I, and I spoke to my team. It, I feel like if everyone understood it came from the same root, then it's that much more understandable that I'm not just trying to be, you know, the jack of all trades here, (laughs) but to me, right. So important to me, how, how else could it be? It's a funny thing where people might ask, how can one person do all that to me? How can you not? Because if you don't have medicine, if you don't have movement, and as we just define meditation to me, let's call it more of a lifestyle philosophy, even the word philosophy, what does that even mean to me in my life right now? You know, we can all come up with something, but it's a mindfulness, it's a lifestyle, it's habits. That's what meditation can mean. And usually when I hear people speak on meditation, that's in some way, shape or form, and maybe in different words, that's exactly what it means to them. You know, it's part of our life. And how do we balance this. Actually, you said something um, just a bit ago, which I think of often and certainly relates to the book and my mentor, my father, you know, he studied in the mountains of East Asia for seven years of his life from the age of seven to 14, yeah, you know, and older, in the book. I really appreciate that, Julian. That's something like, I, I don't know if everyone knows this. I, I said to you right before we began, but you were one of the first to get the, the official manuscript, <laughs> you know, and so that means so much to me. Um, and certainly is special to share this story because it's not one that I've shared so often or ha- had, you know, hasn't really come up yet. Um, but I think it's an important point. What you said is, you know, it's one thing to meditate in the mountains. You know, a lot of times we can relate that in the East, it's much more common, you know, to be a monk in the mountains doesn't mean, you know, as I'm sure you understand, maybe not everybody knows, but you can be a monk and then go on to live your life. It's a certain time of your life that you can practice, or you can choose to continue for your whole life, you know, and there's different challenges with both. 
You know, there's one thing when you live in the mountains of East Asia, you have to literally survive. I say that when it comes to the herbal medicine part of my lineage, you know, I always like to take a moment to acknowledge that a lot of the, my ancestors literally had to know how to use these herbs or they would, they wouldn't survive, (laughs) you know? Um, And that's different, a little different than our experience right now, (laughs) you know? Um, So there's a lot more, there's a certain kind of challenges in how you apply your meditation, your medicine and your movement when you're in a mountain, (laughs) you know, living and trying to survive versus here's that word, but it is true, you know, in some way, and I'll say, or, and (laughs) right. I don't even see it's hard to even do it. Now you apply that to reality like our daily lives, like you said, for me, it's being a mom, owning several businesses, being close to my family, you know, having a strong team at the labs, you know, there's a different kind of um, challenge. And so totally. yeah. we can relate that. There's the point. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to mention the story of your father in the book. Um, so at age seven, he went to go live with a, basically like a meditation master in the mountains, right? Yes, that's right. And it's such a classic, uh, tale of the young boy or young man going and meeting the master and spending this period of time with him and learning and uh, becoming part of this lineage and then later passing it on himself. I think, I think that like some people like really like, um, like long for that on some level and feel like they don't have that in their life, you know, like this, I mean, um, so it was, it was beautiful to, to read about and hear about. And then it just made me think about, so many people that I work with who come from difficult or, you know, families that were separated, the parents were divorced, you, they moved around a lot, you go to different schools, um, you know, but I mean, just maybe that's, I don't know if, if that's, uh, if I'm idolizing like that kind of model, but I think that a lot of us kind of like, we like think about that, we're like, huh, like my life, we, have, we can have mentors, we can have teachers that are meaningful. I mean, that can still happen. Um, and I think that's important. But I guess what I'm saying is, most of us don't have that. We have a lot of different teachers and a lot, you know, I don't know if you wanted to speak to that part. Yes, Julian, I certainly acknowledge that. And I very much, um, I have utmost gratitude. You know, that's one of the reasons why people will often say to me, gosh, Janelle or Dr. Kim, you you have so much passion behind. And I hear it. I say, okay, yes, uh, thank you. I don't even know how to respond. But the bottom line is I cannot even express how every single moment that I am here every morning I wake up. I'm so grateful to, in this life, you know, these are the things that have kind of come, come into my life and how can I not share them? You know, we don't necessarily, here's the thing. One of the main reasons I kind of really accelerated having this book, you know, Julian, and it wasn't the easiest road. I never imagined having the amazing publisher that I have. And, you know, that's a whole other conversation but five years ago almost going on six now my father passed away very suddenly oh, well. you know, so and so that's a huge part of this as well mm. and you know i'm grateful to be sitting here and be able to explain or to communicate to express that you know even though he's not here anymore and and I'm, i hope I'm, I'm trying to kind of relate it to what you just said you know, not, not everyone is able to have a teacher in that way. And I get that. I am I never take that for granted, yeah. which is exactly what I'm sharing. I want to share that story as so we can all connect to that, mm-hmm. you know, but also I want to express that I, I too am here now with a mentor that no longer is physically here, mm-hmm. you know, and, and oftentimes actually it's a letter I wrote to my father, you know, soon after he passed away and I just started writing because I knew I had to I wanted to, and I say that actually, I had to, I I mean that I did have to write this book, (laughs) you know, and then what came out, one of the things that came out that even I had to sit for a couple of years and look at, like, does that, is that even appropriate? (laughs) As I said, you know, in some ways, I feel like I've learned more from you with you physically not being here. Kind of a crazy thing. And what I mean by that is, you know, I didn't get, you know, that's a whole other story of my life, but it's not like I was able to be with my father for various reasons for, you know, for every single moment, but certainly in my young adult life, I almost like devoted my time to spending as much time with him as, him, him as possible, Julian. Mm. This is certainly not something I've shared before, but it's like, I just had this feeling. I don't know how else to say it. And I'm so grateful that I followed my gut because I was right. I did not have all the time in the world. You know, I was 33. Uh when my father passed, you know, and that's right when I was ready, as far as I'm concerned, okay, I'm really ready to go now. Um, so going back to 
I feel like in some ways I've learned more from him when he isn't physically here means I'm standing on my own two feet. My teacher and my mentor, the way I feel very strongly is I'm so connected to him, connected in a way that I can't even express because when he physically left, I had to remain connected to him. You know, whatever that means to people, you know, to me, that relates in Christianity, to me, that relates in Judaism, to me, that relates in Buddhism, the way I understand, you know, or certainly just being um, connected to nature, but keeping that connection and watching myself. Literally now, I too practice, like anyone who does not physically have a teacher around, I too practice understanding these principles to the best of my ability, you know, applying them, and, and through that, that's how we can share it all, because basically these words these words, these stories, my father certainly would say this, and I speak for him. These are not his words and stories. His master, Master Bodian, who you meet in the, in the book, these are not his words. You know, obviously we incorporate our experiences, and here I stand before you. These are not my words, my thoughts. This is how I think the world should be. These are things that have existed for centuries, you know, and I find each person, myself, now you, Julian, you're part of this whole journey, as far as I'm concerned, alongside me, of becoming aware, that much more aware of a different perspective and principles and sharing it, you know, and yeah. how much, how much more can we, that's key seven. I suppose I can end this moment <laughs> that we have together with one of the, my favorite things that my, my mentor used to say, and I certainly practice is it takes one match to light a thousand, you know, one positive thing truly can, can light a thousand positive things, you know, one person, whatever that means to you. I, I do believe that. And here we are doing it right now. So, yeah. That's yes. beautiful. That was well said. Oh, thank you, Joy. I appreciate you sharing that. And yeah, I guess just to like finish that part up, like if you do have a longing for a mentor, there there are mentors out here. And that even so. even being able to open up to a sense of teacher or lineage or connection doesn't always have to mean a physical seeing yes. them in the flesh all the time, hanging out with them all the time. And I think that's important for, for people to hear and at least open up to that possibility. Because like you just said, we all have our challenges and um you know eventually we all die one way or the other so yeah this is the truth thank you for asking that because that's not something i get to speak on often i feel very very strong about that that yes you do does not necessarily mean because at the end of the day our teacher the greatest masters the greatest mentors the greatest teachers as far as i understand are ones who truly want you to make it your own and share it Mm. you know that's exactly what i and you just said it perfectly you know so so we can all do that. <laughs> it's our choice. Yeah. yeah. I love it's that. a beautiful thing. Yes. Well, do you wanna do you wanna share briefly with people like any advice around um, in terms of the medicine? Like mm-hmm. you know, the world the world of supplements is so big now. Like would you recommend people kind of doing their own research and trying out different um, medicines, or would would you recommend people go to see a doctor specifically trained with this kind of me- medicine? That is a very good question, Julian, and one that we probably <laughs> spend a long time on. I have a whole bench that I speak on this, um, but it's a, it's a very good one because um, on one hand, the wonderful thing is, you know, yes, our world, especially in the last few years, have kind of blown up with um, a greater understanding of, of different kinds of medicines. You know, when you look at Eastern medicine, um, for example, obviously that's my expertise, if you will. I'm always you know, growing and learning, but, you know, there's certain ways you can incorporate certain herbal supplements and formulas into your life that help to create longevity, you know? And so that's a very important piece. Um, one thing I'd leave, maybe leave everyone, I don't know if we're coming to an end, but one thing I, is a key point that I, I certainly speak on around the world is that there's so many options. You always hear, you can turn on the TV probably right now or turn on the radio or podcast, you'll hear something else good for you, yeah. you know, and that's wonderful. But, but my, piece of advice is certainly that ingredient could be great for you, but oftentimes it's in the formulation, which is really important. You know, so one ingredient can be so great for you, but if it's not formulated with properly, like a perfect recipe, basically that can't get into your body and process properly, it could do nothing for you or it can be harmful, you know? And so that's something to speak on a lot. So I know that leads to the question, okay, well then how do I find that? And really it does come down to nowadays trying to find companies um, that you can trust, that you know that they understand the formulation. They're not just jumping in, you know, to an industry simply just to become successful. Let's say right? you, you, there, there are certainly, um, 
I know here in San Diego, we have our Whole Foods and our Pharmacas and our, you know, I can certainly speak on those that oftentimes if I'm not able to be with somebody or, or, you know, give them the exact supplement to use, I'll say, go to someone. For example, even nowadays, we're so lucky, even in the, the body or healthcare departments and some of these like well-known stores, there are people who are very educated on this. You know, of course you can go to your doctor, of course, always open up to there might be different perspectives, but at the end of the day, you watch what you take. Don't just listen to everything and put it in your body. You know, that's a kind way to treat yourself, understand what it's for, understand your condition a little bit further. And I suppose, Julian, one of the most important things is, you know, just as we were speaking of with Myung Sung, be aware of yourself. It's a funny Mm -hmm. thing. Be aware of yourself. I have to catch myself with this all the time. And it's literally what I do because I'm a strong person. I am healthy and some, and I have so much to do. I just keep going sometimes. And sometimes I have to even check in, wait for a second. How do I actually feel right now? You know, you start to kind of even take a couple moments to feel how you feel. <laughs> you know, I see so many different stories, articles, stories. Um, I just said that, but written and, uh, you know, on television, for example, where people will say, gosh, I felt so sick and I didn't even notice, or I felt so sick and no one could give me the answer, but I had a feeling something's wrong and they were yeah. persistent and they realized it. So I think at the end of the day, remember everything comes from inside of us. I do want to kind of stay there. Everything. So that even means when it comes to supplements, if you start taking a supplement, and it's new into your regimen. Pay attention for a couple of days. If all of a sudden, a week, two weeks later, you start feeling nauseous a lot, you know, or really tired, you know, stop and think, what did I incorporate recently that I may have thought was the greatest thing ever, Jim, because I read somewhere that this is the best thing for my health. But if you're taking that and a week or two later, you're getting, having fatigue, your stomach isn't feeling so great. Look back, for example, and realize, oh, shoot, I just incorporated that thing that was supposed to be so great for me, but maybe it's not balanced for your condition, you know? And so that's a kind of a long story short of certain things, proper formulation, do speak to someone who understands, you know, the certain aspects of supplements, even skincare. I speak on a lot, you know, that's your biggest organ, your skin. (laughs) It matters what we put on ourselves, right? And be aware, be aware of your own self. So. Beautiful. Well, thanks. I think that's really helpful and, and practical too. Good. Like you said, there's so many, so much out there right now. There's so much. Yes. Well, thanks so much. Yeah, for, we, for those who don't know, I formulate. That's what we do. We manufacture a formulator. So people in all different industries kind of come to our lab just to give some background. I realize I didn't really come to our lab for us to formulate and manufacture almost all we based on whether they knew it or not. It will be based on herbal medicine, you know, and so oh, yeah. our products are carried in, you know, your high-end spas, your Nordstrom's, Neiman Marcus's, your you know, your clinics. So it's kind of an all different industry. So it's out there. Okay. Can people get them from your website too? You know, that might be a possibility soon, Julian. We're always like behind the scenes, but, but we're certainly are are trying to open the doors right now for what we call private label, which means you can, you know, normally someone can't really, unfortunately I can't stand it, but, but I have to follow, you know, we can't, we can't sustain otherwise. Usually people can't come unless they have, you know, minimum quantity of 5,000 to begin Oh, right for for one product but now we're opening the doors so someone if they wanted 25 products you know it can't be custom but at least they're open to some of the powerful formulas that i wish to share so that's exciting yeah. for myself well, you know? so part of your part of your message here is that the formula really matters it's not about the specific ingredient yes it is about both if you will it's about both but just you know taking one strong ingredient does not always it doesn't always work in the body that way that's herbal medicine is literally about that formulation yeah. you know each herb has a has a role um each plant doesn't necessarily have herbal medicine but that's how everything works so yeah so traditionally it would be a the doctor would make you a formula like specifically right. for the individual Right, right. And so we kind of do that on a more general and a much larger scale. You know, I actually, uh, years ago when I finished school, um, I had my master's at the time, not my doctorate. You know, my my lab is called JBK Wellness Labs. And sometimes people think I named it after myself, which I think is ridiculous. <laughs> I certainly did not name the lab after myself. In fact, you said it um, a little bit ago. It's so funny when we talked about our ancestry, our lineage, our connection, but it's named after my great grandpa you know, uh, JBK. And so that's what that is. So for those who I don't think I shared that, that is our <laughs> manufacturing lab. And yes, so that's kind of what we, what we do on a large scale as we take the herbal formulations as they traditionally would be prescribed, if you will, we have to make them more general 
if that makes sense. We, we basically utilize those in our skincare and our supplements and our muscle and joint formulas and our detoxification formula, you name it, but that's kind of the base of all of our formulas is that traditional, just as I think you're picturing in your mind. Um, yeah. So we make them in huge kettles and make our formulas, you know, <laughs> definitely all natural, you know, that's beyond how we, how we, how we make our formulas, but in a way that it can be shared with the world versus patient to doctor, if you will, which is a little more specific, right. not a little more, a lot more specific. So. Right. No, yeah, that makes sense. Yes. Well, wonderful. Well, is there any, any last words you want to share with us? Well, I'm just so grateful to be here. That was a wonderful, wonderful moment. Um, thank you for the opportunities to share so many things that I, I have not yet joined. So yeah, that it's, that. that it's useful and, and um, applicable to anyone who hears. That's my greatest wish. So. Well, thanks. And your book again, Myung Sung, The Korean Art of Living Meditation. It's coming yes. out soon, right? So it comes out January 2022, but pre-orders okay. are available now. And it's through um, Watkins Penguin Random House. So you can certainly, if you, a place to find me is my website. So it's janellekim.com, J-E-N-E-L-L-E-Kim.com. And actually right there on the homepage, you know, you can basically be led to where the, where you can purchase the book. Um, also I'm really starting to focus on different seminars, um, in medicine and in the meditation that hopefully I can start to do soon. Um, you'll find a lot more information there. And, and I really do, uh, try hard at this point to stay definitely on Instagram at least as well as Facebook and LinkedIn. So, so nice. if anyone has questions, that's where you can find me. <laughs> yeah. And I'll put those in the show notes for everyone. Oh, I appreciate that. Yes, Joey. So. Thanks so much. Thank you, Julian. I really appreciated our time together. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to learn more about my work as a psychotherapist, meditation teacher, coach, public speaker, and all of that, I have a brand new website that I am excited to share. It is estateofmindcounseling.org. And if you'd like to support this podcast, we do have a Patreon page, patreon.com backslash estateofmind. Become a member, become a subscriber, got some benefits coming out for you guys. And another way to support the show is just to share it with friends, with family, to post about it on your own social media accounts. All those are great ways to support the show as well. Thank you so much, and I will see you here next time.